All right, how befitting um, that uh, we thank you, Mama, and uh, we just took the liberty uh, to add Papa as well. And these are parents who are committed to just uh, building character of their children and uh, just ensuring that uh, uh, there's just, you know, um, progress in in how they develop. And thank you for all that uh, you contribute in helping your child uh, to to grow uh, grow effectively. And uh, coming up next, we are going to go on to our essay history lesson and the role of uh, election manifestos during this time of the year. Some analysts uh, believe that uh, election manifestos have very little impact on voters, uh, whilst others um, are of a view that uh, these manifestos help voters uh, to hold a position. And unfortunately, during this time of the year, uh, we get so much rhetoric, we get promised things. How do we hold powers that be uh, accountable and uh, we are going to be joined by Professor Mkabisi and Lejan who's going to join us on the line. Let's uh, right now pay the bills. At SAFM Radio and at Positive GP on Twitter. Well, thank you so much for joining the conversation and uh, we invite you to connect with us via social media at SAFM Radio, both uh, on Twitter and Facebook and hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. Your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107 and SMSs at 40938-CHARGED at 150. Professor Mkabisi Ndlejana is joining us right now as an Associate Professor of the Department of Politics and International Relations at the University of Georgia. Johannesburg, as we reflect on uh, what is a manifesto. I mean, uh, we we hear this uh, phrase loosely thrown in uh, during this time of the year, and uh, many parties uh, would come to villages, communities, and promise things, um, dish out uh, groceries, uh, and and sanitary way as well, (laughs) pun intended. And uh, what does this mean? Uh, And and how do we hold politicians accountable to the promises that they make? uh, during this time of the year. And I see that uh, IEC has officially launched um, uh, electioneering and it's going to be crazy. And uh, good afternoon and welcome, Professor Mkabisi. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you. Uh, let's let's perhaps uh, give a, a context and an and understanding of what a manifesto is. Well, a manifesto is more like an ad, um, a piece of paper that says, what the party has achieved and what it, intend, it intends to achieve going forward. It's meant to be a quick reference, um, very catchy, uh, because normally voters don't really have patience to go through long pamphlets. Mm. Um, so it's something that they might refer to at some point. Uh, but realistically speaking, though, voters hardly look at these, at these pamphlets. Um, but it has become an accepted part of electoral literature. Mm. Uh, but the extent to which it is useful really is quite doubtful. So, so uh, I mean, what is the responsibility that lies uh, with within voters uh, when it comes to this time of the year? Understandably, that uh, we also reach out to um, you know millions who are illiterate, and how do we ensure that uh, voters? actually understand uh, what an election manifesto and, and its role is? Well, voters look at the various uh, issues as they evaluate which party to vote for. In most cases, the best way they can do that is through their own experiences. Um, 
Americans, for instance, have have a saying, uh, which is, what have you done for me lately? Which is a question that voters would normally ask uh, politicians, uh, which pretty much boils to the fact how voters vote depends on how they've been impacted personally mm. by the government in power. That is the best way, really. Um, it's not. It's not about what the literature says or, or about what politicians say. That is secondary. Primarily, it is about what has happened to their own lives because that is really the best way that any person can judge whether or not that government works for her. And what then would be the significance of uh, some political parties looking for the most impoverished pav- of environments and, and taking pictures uh, in where they are? Does that in any way reflect uh, uh, the progress or where we still need to go? Uh, or, or is it just, you know, downplaying uh, the plight of people who are still underdeveloped? Well, it's depending it's, uh, on which party it is, whether it's a challenger or a party in power. Um, incumbents, for instance, would take pics of what has been accomplished. Like, for instance, I imagine the new school that uh, the Houghton government has just opened in Sakane, mm. uh, which costs more than $100 million and it's, it has all sorts of fancy gadgets. I imagine then she will most likely take pics of that school and it will be part of its... Um, manifesto or pamphlets that they distribute around. So uh, pictures are more like testimony, like evidence of what you have done, mainly because voters tend to have very low levels of trust when it comes to politicians, because politicians are in the habit of embellishing what they've achieved Mm. and they overpromise. So people in most cases don't trust what politicians say. So for any word of a politician to have some credence, it must be accompanied by some evidence uh, of what they have achieved. And also, what other parties also have done is to have testimonies individuals, for instance, vouching for a certain party um, that, yes, what this party says is true, they have done A, B, C, and D. So for, for the new um, parties that are emerging, uh, because there's just way many uh, coming up as well, uh, what should be some of the democratic values that inform um, their manifestos? Because, uh, I mean, like you said, that uh, whether it, 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 it's, uh, it becomes impactful or not, um, these manifestos and the paper uh, at which this is written on, uh, whether people, voters read or, or, or they don't, uh, is either near or uh, here no there um but you know when we make reference to party x what are some of the democratic values that should draw us to that particular party well i guess we parties should reflect what we value most um issues of non-racialism gender equality caring for ordinary people and 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 these are things parties say anyway mm-hmm. and and uh, the way in which those things can carry some weight depends on who says it mm-hmm. the messenger becomes very important credibility is very important um, for instance if you are known to be 
a cook and you come promising honesty and a clean government, the message will obviously not stick. Yeah. And you have quite a lot of those who've just entered into our political space promising all sorts of nice things, and yet the messengers lack credibility. Mm. Um, so the message is fine because, you know, you have to say something. So they will say all sorts of nice things. Uh, but it's not easy to fool voters, especially if you're a new person without a track record. Mm. What they will most likely consider is your credibility. Um, whereas with parties like the ANC, for instance, the ANC will come and overpromise and embellish its past. Some of that would be believable, especially because some of those things will have been achieved. But most importantly, what determines whether voters will believe that is the credibility of the individual delivering that message. Mm. So both past performance, one's record is important, but equally important is the credibility of the messenger. We also have an unfortunate culture, um, Professor Mkabisi, of uh, uh, mudslinging using social media, um, be it uh, there's uh, uh, credit to whatever is, is uh, associated with the individual um, with, without having been proven uh, to be corrupt. Uh, that someone will start a narrative and it's spread all over social media. Should people be considering um, the individual based on opinion pieces or factuals? Well, um, individuals have different ways of determining uh, credibility of a statement. You and I most likely have a number of sources that we look at because of where we are. Uh, but there are individuals elsewhere who don't have other ways of verifying something that's been said. Mm. Um, so they might be fooled into believing that whatever is said is true. Uh, but then again, I think the protection that ordinary voters have against being misled is their own experience. And, and, and whether or not that person in the past has behaved in a way that validates what is being said about him. Um, so there, there, there are different ways of verifying messages. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, you cannot prevent politicians lying about others. Yeah. And they do that. They're in the business doing that. They call it marketing. Uh, up to the voters really to be a little bit more discerning. Uh, but again, voters are not entirely gullible. I mean, in, in our own experience, uh, might be able to to relate to this. People have been saying that South African voters will never turn away from the ANC for all sorts of reasons. Mm. But we've been seeing in the last few years uh, people turning away from the ANC, especially in 2016, right? Uh, even though they they haven't voted for other parties, for instance, in the metros that the ANC lost, but they simply turned away from the ANC because they disapprove of the way the ANC has been leading them. Um, so, and, and they did, the ANC had said all sorts of things, showing how much it has improved society, things, but nonetheless, people were able to use their own experience of how the ANC had been governing them in the last few years to say, you know what, this party no longer has credibility, so they need to do something else to regain that credibility. Prof, unfortunately, this is where we have to leave the conversation, but thank you so much for taking our call, and uh, thank you for the insights. All right, take care.
That's uh, Professor Mkabisi Ndlechana, who is an associate professor at uh, Department of Politics and International Relations at University of Johannesburg.